the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation. A sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for The Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Welcome to The Bible Live Quiz Hour It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible, have fun, and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program, weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Program, the quiz show, the quiz side, uh, the quiz show part of the. Let me get my microphone turned up. I've got to get us where we can. You can hear us over. 
yell a little louder so you can hear us over in South San Antonio, down in South Bear County, and all across South Texas. Thanks for joining us for the Bible Live quiz show tonight. You're welcome. We, you're welcome to Jacob, and you are. We're glad that you're along. Jacob is in the house with me. We are going to talk about tonight and discuss uh, the book of Romans. For one, we read the entire book of Romans this past week, Romans chapters 1 through 16. Rich, rich book, I think. Uh, to me, and I think to most of us as Gentile believers, uh, this is a really an exceptional book because we have this this very intelligent uh Hebrew believer with all of that background of uh, the revelation that God, the pre-Messianic revelation that God had given of himself, the preparation for us for sending the Messiah. And then we have this analysis and this this explanation that Paul gives to the believers, primarily Gentile believers, mainly in the city of Rome, the hub of the world of that time, the center of the uh, of the civilized world the civil, the center of their universe i guess at that time and so he writes to the believers there giving a very thorough uh, treatment a very thorough explanation of the coming of messiah and it, its implications what it meant to humanity what it meant actually even and i think jacob would agree with me he spends a couple of chapters 9 and 10 talking about the significance and the implications of the coming of messiah to the to the jewish people and so i i'm i'm hoping you'll help us out with that jacob to get a sense of what what was paul saying uh in those passages and and help us to understand the the perspective the kind of the hebrew jewish perspective of the coming of messiah and what and what paul was trying to explain so we have the book of romans we have the book of ezra we read four chapters uh, after we read Romans in four uh, four nights, we went back to the book of Ezra. We'll read Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther uh, before we return again to the New Testament. But we're going back to the Hebrew Scriptures, picking up uh, first and foremost there with the book of Ezra, which is one of my, uh, if not one of my favorite books, I can't say it's not, at least it's one of my favorite people. Ezra was a... Uh, Tremendous individual, I think. Uh, obviously a great leader, very charismatic, uh, great abilities. And yet, and he was a great lover of the scriptures. He was very dedicated to God's word, uh, a scribe by trade, which means, Jacob, doesn't that mean that he, he was one who was entrusted the copying of the scriptures? Was that what a scribe did by? A scribe would have, yes, uh huh. Isn't that what Ezra was as a scribe? Uh, he was a scribe, but I think he's more than that. Oh, tell me more. Well, he's also uh, a descendant of the, of the uh, folks, of course, that went to Babylon. And actually, if we're, it's actually a fairly common story. To make sense out of it, you've got this. You've got Nebuchadnezzar, obviously conquered Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, took the artifacts, did not take the ark, of course. In 586 B.C. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then, while they're all over there in, in uh, Babylon, a new guy comes along, Cyrus, a predicted man, prophesied, if you like. Uh-huh. And by he, name, actually. By name. And he's actually referred to as a Messiah in the Jewish, in the Bible itself. Did Interesting, you know yes. And what's fascinating, so he, he beats Nebuchadnezzar, right? Yes. Now, 
It's a very simple story. He comes along and says, I'm not a bad guy like he was. I'm going to let you guys return, build your temple, have your church. You know, you can do everything you want. I am going to be king, and you'll have to, you'll be a vassal state. You'll answer to me. But I'm not cruel like Nebuchadnezzar. I'm a good guy. I have become your paladin. I am your hero. And so it's really... Paladin, is that from that old cowboy show that used to be on TV? Well, actually, and yes. Uh-huh. What? Say? <laughs> what did you say, John? <laughs> Have yes. gun, will well, travel. Well, Paladin was the name he used. You can't used. slip one past John. He yes, knows true. his old... Pal- okay, said, John, where did the word Paladin come from that he used in the TV show? Uh, he got you on that. Uh, well, I guess well, you did it's get it's actually part of the original Knights of the, uh, the Knights of the Templar that were the champions that went over into Israel to fight the Muslims. I, I, I see. So that's where Paladin... Uh, they were, were champions, all, uh, they were knights, all templar or something yeah. like that, yeah. And so he became like a knight, a paladin. And anyway, that's what it's all about. But so actually, so when Cyrus comes along, it's a pretty straightforward story. I'm not a bad guy. I'm going to return everything to you. And they would be grateful. So he let them rebuild the temple, do all this stuff. He wasn't concerned about that. So he, he came in their eyes to be a good guy. Yeah, and they returned and... Um they return in several groups. If I remember correctly, I always get the math wrong. I should look this up. But it seems like fourteen to 16,000 people returned. Yeah, not everybody, sadly, returned. Some no. of them chose the Daniel state. didn't. He was an old man by that time and wasn't able to make that journey, I suppose. Oh, and he had a good job. Oh, yeah, and he, maybe he wasn't told by the Lord. And he was castrated. But many came back under, uh, what were their names? Uh, Zerubbabel, the oh, first now, group. Now, Zerubbabel is actually... The key party here. And yeah, because he becomes, wasn't he in the lineage of David? Or am he, I wrong? He, no, no, you're right. Okay. He, Zerubbabel, which from the Hebrew, I know it has different meanings. I see these yeah. different meanings. But one of the meanings is uh, gathers of the sparks, believe it or not. Huh. Anyway, so he comes back, and you'll find his name listed in the genealogy in Matthew of Jesus, of course. I see. So Zerubbabel came back, Nehemiah came back, Ezra came uh, back, yes. and all of these these leaders and that several groups, several different groups. And if I remember correctly, it seems like it was fourteen to sixteen thousand that came back, yeah. mainly I suppose from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, the southern tribes. Uh, I'm guessing, sure. but uh, people from uh, people from the nation of Israel, and it re- really was a people who came back. Um, what you're looking it wasn't at. just about money, uh, the property that they left behind and all, but no. I think most of the people who would make that 900,000-mile journey and dangerous journey in every way, uh, there was a very strong spiritual element, I think, to the people who would come back. Uh, had something to do with the, the covenant of their relationship with God as a covenant people and so on and so on. So that figured greatly in the motivation, although I, I assume that some people came back because they had property and they were going to go back and get their family property and so on. I'm not sure of that, but but that seemed to be part of the understanding with all of the uh, reading of the genealogies to make sure that part of the reason for that were people were reclaiming property and so on back in Israel. But mainly there was a strong spiritual element, and Ezra guides the people and encourages the people to walk with mm-hmm. God, and, and he's already written this selected history of the Chronicles, mm-hmm. which we read together, mm-hmm. uh, so that they could kind of remember, be reminded of who they are as God's people. And then we have the, this book of Ezra by the man himself, and it has some pretty great teaching. Uh, particularly, he relates to 
the families, the family life, and uh, which I think is very important for us to remember here on Father's Day in America. Our families, the oh, family, I know where you're headed. Yeah, our our families have taken a real beating over the last generation. This the 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 intact family, you know, the marriages, husband and wife, and and children. Uh, we've really our family has been under attack in America, and they say the family is the building block of the culture. And uh, so, in that case, we're in big trouble. So maybe the message of Ezra would have a real message for us to uh, pay attention to as as, uh, as God's people here in America well, in the 21st century. You have to be willing century. to believe it. If you don't believe it, then it's not going to have any impact whatsoever. That's true. It's just words on the page of an old book. Uh, but if this is God trying to tell us something and teach us something. Uh, we would be foolish to, uh, to ignore it. So we can talk about that theme. Uh, let me make one uh, quick announcement, Jacob. You and I have been talking over the weeks past that that our intention with the Bible Live program, Monday through Friday, and the Bible Live program here on the weekend, is always, first and foremost, to understand and to obey and uh, benefit from the revelation that God has given for himself, of himself and of his plan for our lives in the Bible. We believe that the, all 66 books that we have here in the scriptures are from God, that he's speaking to us, he's guiding us into that relationship with him, and he's teaching us how we should live and how we can live successfully and, and with, uh, uh, successfully with, with, uh, prospering in our family lives and our relationships. He's he's giving us the benefit of that revelation in the scriptures. They are they are although there's 66 books, it's a book of one piece. It's God, the true and living God, uh, explaining how we can relate to Him and know Him, and how that we can live uh, as we should live and ought to live here on planet Earth. So we've been we've always put that first ahead of preaching, ahead of giving our own opinions about issues and so on. And we, I've been talking to Jacob about the fact that. We don't do a lot of commentary about current day politics, current day social issues, and current issues and, and news stories. Uh, we usually stick to here, you know, here's what the Bible says and explaining the scriptures. And yet, I think I've come to the point too that I think we we've maybe gone a little bit too far in the sense that we don't want the Bible to be just some book academically that we understand the. We understand the passage, we understand the verse, we understand what God's saying, but we don't ever apply it uh, to our lives today. And so we want to give uh, we want to give uh, a, a time here on the Bible Live Quiz Show. I think we're going to take the, the the third half hour segment of the program, and we're going to emphasize uh, maybe not just give it entirely to this. It depends on how you respond as our listeners, but we're going to try to give a little emphasis to applying the truths of the Bible whether it be from the book of Romans that we read this past week or Ezra, applying the truths and the principles that we glean from the scriptures to our lives today, to the world situation today. And it might have to do with uh, current news stories. For example, this young man that uh, slaughtered and killed nine people uh, in a church over in South Carolina. Uh, could be, We could bring up that story and talk about what does the Bible say about race and racism and and uh, th- this sort of terrible thing that takes place about justice and righteousness uh maybe it would be about uh, this uh, the, uh, uh kind of a connected related thing this this woman who 
oh, oh, evidently Caucasian or Anglo by DNA and genetics, but who claims to be black and is a member of the NAACP. A big, a big news story this last week. And maybe we could use that as a moment to talk about what does the Bible say about race and racism uh, and so on. So that we're going to try to take that third uh, segment, the third hour, and maybe talk about a couple of news stories, uh, stories right out of our lives today in current day America. Maybe the fact that the Supreme Court is trying to make a decision now of how uh, they're going to define marriage. Now, I've heard that. Uh, very prominent and strong leaders, for example, in the Southern Baptist denomination, saying, you know, it doesn't matter what the Supreme Court says. God has already defined marriage, and that's they will never change that for us. We're never going to move from that definition. And I, I, I kind of admired their their courage and their uh, willingness to stand up and say, this, we've, we're taking our stand with what the Bible says, what God says about uh, marriage and family. But uh, maybe we could take that as a news story and, and look, because the book of Romans does, in fact, Ezra actually talks, one of the big problems they face as they go back to to Israel is the, the problem of the breakdown of the home and the family, and particularly that family unity in terms of their worship of the true and living God. So Ezra faces that, and then, and then Paul talks about it in the book of Romans as well. He talks about human sexuality and what is its purpose, and he talks about perversions, of human sexuality and how easily it can be perverted and and uh, destructively so uh, for the human race. So anyway, I'll quit going on and on about it. We're going to try to focus the third half hour of our program tonight from 10 to 10.30, focus a little bit on applying the scriptures to current issues and current uh, problems that we are facing in, in our world, not just America perhaps, but in our world today. So that being said, and and you're you're with me on that, Jacob. You you'll be willing to help give a shot on that. And yes, he's, he's yeah. staring. I'm at sorry, me like, you were talking to me. I I thought I forgot when it was my turn to say yes. Yeah, it's your turn. Say something. Well, anyway, we're ready to go. Let's. Uh, should we give out some questions? I'll give some from the Proverbs and the Psalms. And as always, if you'll pick up in Romans, I think you've highlighted some there. Maybe did, a question or two in Ezra. From the book of Psalms, no, I'm going to jump to the Proverbs. Uh, if we belittle or disrespect a poor person or a person who is less fortunate in any way, perhaps, uh, I don't know, uh, with, uh, by birth, uh, uh, some kind of a, uh, defect or, you know, perhaps in some way, uh, with, with some birth, um, from from birth, some problem. If we belittle or disrespect a poor person or one less fortunate in any way, who are we also disrespecting? According to Proverbs seventeen five, who are we also disrespecting when we belittle or disrespect another person, or a poor person, or one less fortunate? Or one just not fortunate enough to be us, <laughs> like us, uh, maybe another person. Who are we also disrespecting? Proverbs chapter 17, verse 5. Now, I like this one. It is more dangerous to confront a fool caught in wrongdoing. Now, if you catch a fool doing something wrong, uh, the Bible says that it's more dangerous to confront that person 
than to meet a certain animal. What animal does it refer to? It is more dangerous to confront a fool caught in wrongdoing than to meet what animal? And that's found in Proverbs 17, verse 12. I'll just go with those two for my part, Jacob. You got some questions from Romans or Ezra? Why, sure. Let's do Romans since that was next on the hit parade. Okay. Uh, you're number one. In the Roman Empire, freedom and citizenship were precious possessions. But Paul starts his letter to Romans calling himself what? Your answer is in Romans 1.1. 1, 1. <laughs> first verse of the first chapter, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. Right off the bat. Uh, do you agree with that? In the Roman Empire, freedom and citizenship were precious possessions. You have a lot to say about the decadence and the perversions of the Roman Empire in that first uh, particularly as it was expressed toward the people of Israel, uh, you'd go along with that, I suppose, that oh, freedom yeah. and citizenship were well, precious. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. And it's a, and the answer's in 1-1. One, one. Okay. <clears throat> Number two, how do we accept the gospel message and experience its transform... Trans, uh, how do we accept the gospel message and experience its transforming power in our lives? Uh, I think that's worded a little funny, but it works. Yeah, it is worded. In other words, by what means, I guess in the nuts and bolts sense of how do we bring the gospel message, the God, the redemptive plan of God carried out and so on, the Messiah, how do we bring that into our own personal experience? And, uh, well, actually, now the next one is the one that's near and dear to my heart. Okay, that's chapter 1, verse 17, by the way. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. No problem. Your next one, I'm going to write that's three in a row here. All right. Number three, what is the witness God has given of himself to every human being? Uh, you say, well, find the answer in Romans 1, 19 and 20. And if somebody would call in and discuss that, let's discuss where it came from. What is the witness that God has given of himself to every human being? Um, I've had the good, wonderful blessing and experience, Jacob, of being able to travel fairly widely during our 40 to 45 years of ministry in about uh, 35 countries. Are you countries. referring to yourself, or did you lose weight? To or? myself. And uh, you said you traveled fairly widely. Thinly, thinly but widely. So you've traveled to a lot of places, yeah. but you're always very yeah. svelte. Well, my, my wife has always told me I should put, I have a sign on my back that says, Wide Load. Ah. But uh, anyway, no, no, no. I mean, I've been able to travel uh, quite a bit and see... India, Kazakhstan, Mongolia, uh, China, down into Latin America, across Europe, Ukraine, uh, to some extent. Not, I mean, not the most traveled person in the world, but it, it is something I've noticed that when you go to any of these cultures in ministering and sharing and witnessing and speaking and so on, we are we were raised under... The same sun, the same moon, the same stars, the same breeze, the same world around us, mountains and trees and lakes and oceans. And and, and so um, I guess I, I'm getting the idea that the I'm not same trying to world. give the answer away, but we all do have the same witness that God has given of himself to every culture. But if they wanted to give the correct answer, they would find it in Romans 1, 19 and 20. Correct? Exactly right. How about one more question that doesn't come from chapter one? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hey, could you try to, could you, uh, find, yeah, could you about, read further than chapter one? Yes, Come on. yes, you betcha. How about this? You're number six. Because of his faith, Abraham was declared righteous by God almost 25 years before, and you got the word ritual. Okay, you don't like that word. Well, no, it's just that the word ritual is a, is a modern English you know, and frankly, Christian world, the word ritual doesn't even exist in Hebrew. I'm not even sure it exists in uh, any uh-huh. other language either. But okay. I guess well, I just here, we'll, we'll use your word. For oh, the okay. okay. The, I, say the how about the word practice? Were well, the Jews the first ones to practice circumcision? No. Isn't that interesting? I never knew that. So uh-huh. it was common of the era, or it not? had been uh, sometimes done among certain people. Yes. How about that, Jacob? I didn't know that. Perhaps I should finish the question. Oh Well, it might help, I guess. Uh, because of his faith, Abraham was declared righteous by God almost 25 years before the... Before ritual, circumcision was uh, commanded. Before circumcision was commanded. Uh, so, Abraham is the spiritual father of what other group? And you've got the answers being found in uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 9 through 11. Ah, boy, you know, that's actually quite a brilliant question. I don't even know. I don't remember having the good sense to even ask that question. That's kind of interesting. Because of his faith, Abraham was declared righteous by God. And this occurred almost 25 years before circumcision was commanded of him. So Abraham is the spiritual father of what other group, not just the genetic or the biological offspring but he is the spiritual father of another group of people and the answer is found in the book of romans uh, i guess this is an argument or uh, an explanation that paul gives in romans chapter 4 verses 9 uh-huh. through 11 hmm, and in jewish understanding adam remember the first guy uh yeah he, i remember he was him. born circumcised wow wow <laughs> okay that's a little bit. I had never heard that before either. Have you heard that, folks? Uh, you can give us a call if you'd like. We have put out there about one, two, three, four, five, six questions. I would really like somebody to call in on number three. On the what is the witness that God has given of Himself to every human being around the world? Chapter one, verses nineteen and twenty. And so we are. Oh, it's actually a theme of this song is playing right now too. You can give us a call at 340-9585, 340-9585. Let's get the Bible Live quiz show started. With your phone call, we'll be back right after these messages and little music, and we'll take your phone call. 340-9585. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the dollar family that Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. 
go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work and we had got our oil done before, it could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning process? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Wish there was a place to find good, clean, family-safe entertainment? A place with no violence or profanity? Where you can let the kids roam free? That place is the all-new GodTube.com. Watch inspirational videos that'll challenge and motivate. Catch the latest music videos from Christian artists like Jeremy Camp, Hillsong, and Chris Tomlin. And share a laugh with clean comedians like Tim Hawkins, Anita Renfro, and more. All free, 24-7, right in your own home at the simple touch of a button. Visit the new GodTube.com. That's GodTube.com. The age-old question in radio is, how can we grow the station? Well, one way is to hear from you, the listener. And with the KSLR app for your mobile device, it's easy to give us your feedback on the station. You can send us an email, call the studio, or even leave us a message with a talkback feature. And it's right at your fingertips whenever you want. We want to hear from you. Download the app for free now from your app store. Or you can go to KSLR.com. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back, ready to take your phone calls. Three four zero. 9585. If you'd like to call in, answer any of the uh, six or seven or eight questions we have out there on the airwaves. Or ask a question. Or ask a question. And if you ask a question, you're a winner. Yeah, actually, asking a question, uh-huh. you're a winner without even asking. And if, if a winner means that you get prizes. That's right. You get some, And you'll uh, get like an oil change, cleaning for your clothes. Sure. And sooner or later, we'll get a meal of las palapas. <laughs> you cannot get those enchiladas off your mind, can you? And we're hoping that we're in touch already with the folks at uh, uh, Splashtown to see if we can get some Splashtown tickets for you and your family. So uh, we're trying to build a little package of prizes every week and as best we can. So give us a call if you'd like, 340-9585. Here are the questions. If we belittle or disrespect a person or one less fortunate in any way, uh, one less fortunate than ourselves or, or different from ourselves, who are we also disrespecting? And that's found in Proverbs 17, verse 5. And also in Proverbs 17, 
it is more dangerous to confront a fool caught in wrongdoing than it is to meet a certain animal. What animal is it? By the way, I saw a great program on TV this last week. I watched it with my grandson about this particular animal. Uh, it's, it's, they've made a, I guess the National Geographic Channel has made it. Soapy, you have a winner on line How one. How about that? Maybe they're going to come up it's, with it. It's maybe a win- they saw the I can part. tell it's a winner on line one. Okay, it's a winner already. Uh, I think we'll wait just a moment and let, um, I forgot. Well, I got to wait on John to take the call and yeah, that's tell John. us who it is. Okay, here's, a, oh, good. Here is another that's question that. from Romans chapter one. Romans chapter one. In the Roman Empire, Freedom and citizenship were precious possessions, but Paul starts his letter to the Romans calling himself what? Kind of almost the opposite uh, of celebration of freedom uh, in a way. Uh, Maybe we could get some comment on that as well. But Paul starts out Romans chapter 1, verse 1, calling himself, uh, uh, giving himself a certain title. What is it? Now, from chapter 1 of Romans as well, how... By what means? What is the, what is the, um, means by which we accept, we bring into our life experience the gospel message and experience its transforming power? Uh, what is the means by which we receive uh, the salvation of God and the, and the active, uh, the active relationship with God? He, he becomes a reality in our own life experience. What is the means by which we bring it into our I have a very good AM-FM radio. You have a what? AM-FM radio. That's the means I receive it. (laughs) No, that's the means by which it gets to your eardrum. Uh I'm talking about how do we bring the message into our life experience where we, it's ours and it's part of Uh us and we're experiencing Uh it. You you get the idea of that. That's chapter 1, verse 17. What is the witness that God has given of himself to every human being around planet Earth? Chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. And then because of his faith, Abraham was declared righteous by God almost 25 years before circumcision was even commanded of him. So, therefore, according to what Paul says in Romans chapter 4, verse 9 through 11, Abraham is the spiritual father of... Of another group, he's the genetic, he's the genetic uh, uh, biological father to a, a people group, not a race, but a, a people group. Well, let, we, let's just say who they are: the Jews. The okay, but That's, he's the spiritual father. We don't have father. to be shy. We all know who it is. Okay, it's you all know who they are. We're not going to say their name, but Abraham is the spiritual father of another group of people. Maybe this one is less familiar to us. But you see it. You'll find the answer in chapter 4 of the book of Romans, chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. So okay. here we have we our... Have, yep. uh, tell me again who one. our... All right, there we go. Uh, let's go beauty before age or, or, or ladies first uh-huh. here on the Bible Live Quiz Show. Kathy, you're on the line with yeah, us tonight. Yeah. And Thanks Her- for calling Harold, in. Harold, just hang on. We'll get to you Hang next. in. We won't take too long, but we're going to put Kathy through the paces here and let her answer yeah. a question or Kathy, two for Kathy, you're us. at bat. Uh-oh. Kathy, are you still there? Kathy, are oh, you with us? Hello. Hi, Kathy. I thought we got disconnected. No, we're good to go. We are. We hear you loud and clear, and we're wondering what question you wanted to answer, or maybe if you had a question of your own or a thought of your own. What's well, What's going on? Um, uh, 
Well, I have a question uh, about Romans 4. Okay. Um, I think what you were talking about, Abraham was made father of the uncirc- all who believe without being circumcised, that righteous not, might, righteousness might be reckoned to them. Exactly right. Let me get my... I, I forgot my sound. I, I think Kathy is that. a winner. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. There you go, Kathy. You got it exactly right. He became the father of not only genetically the biological, the people group or the Jewish people, but he became, according to Paul, there in chapter um, in chapter four of Romans, he became the the father of believing Gentiles as well, believing people from around planet Earth, those who are declared righteous through their faith. Uh, by their faith in, in God, circumcised about 25 years later in Genesis 17. So uh, you got it exactly right. Do you have a question about that? or? Well, yes, I do, because, you know, I never quite thought about this passage in the Bible in this way before. And I, my question has to do with Romans 4.17, uh-huh. where it says he was, when God told Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations, uh, it seems like that he included the Gentiles in there with the Jews or the Hebrews, I don't know which it was at that time, uh, together, way back there. Yeah, we often, we, we so, we have Abraham so identified with being the father of the people of Israel, the Jewish nation, and what, actually, Jesus mentions this himself remember in john chapter 8 he said god is able to make jews out of, you know he could raise up jews out of these stones you know whatever uh and it, the you know the true people of israel the tr- true jewish people are not just those genetically from abraham but from all of those who by faith trust in god and love god and long for god jesus says it and then paul says it here in this book as well uh, I, I've got Romans 4. Let me just read it real quick so folks will know what we're talking about. Um, it says here, For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Let me see, let me see. Uh, for, so the promise is received by faith. It is a gift, a free gift that is given to us, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we are living according to the law of Moses, if we have faith in God like Abraham. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. And, of course, it goes on. But it is, it is a thought that many of us probably have not stumbled onto about that there was something much broader happening than just a people group being established. Now, nothing less than that. And that is important that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the people of promise, God was using them as an instrument of revelation and carrying out the redemptive plan through them. But there was a broader meaning as well to this idea that Abraham was the the father of those who approach God and come into that relationship with God by faith in God and his redemptive plan. So it it is, it's a wonderful truth. It's very powerful. Uh, Jacob, I don't know if you have a thought on that or one. Well, yes. Kathy. Yes. Hi, Kathy. Hi there. <laughs> yes, uh, and I can pick up a phone right now and call any rabbi, probably anywhere in the world, and he would say the same thing. It's always been a very common understanding that, first of all, 
the so-called like kosher laws, the uh, the laws of the animal offerings, the uh, circumcision. Non-Jews have never, ever, ever had to do those. That's a really sad misunderstanding in, may I say, the kind of the Christian world. Uh, that is not God's law, never has been. And so, yes, all people, starting with Abraham, were equal before God. The Jews had to follow that because they made a covenant with God. The others did not. Is a non-Jew, we'll call him a Gentile if you like, are they liable? Are they free to decide to do that? The answer is yes. But do they have to? The answer is no. And I can give you a real quick illustration. Don't have to look it up right now. In Acts chapter 15, verses 19-20. Is that where Peter and Paul have the discussion about the... uh, the new converts coming in from the Gentiles and they wanted them to be circumcised? Yes. Well, some of them did, yes. And if you look real closely, in fact, I heard somebody talking about this on the radio recently and it almost made me want to call in because it was not from a Jewish perspective. It says, what it says is, in that particular passion, and you name it correctly, see, James was upholding Jewish law, not not creating a new law. In fact, the Gentiles did not have to be circumcised. That always has been. If you go back and look in 15, 19, and 20, you'll see it says this. In every synagogue where Moses is read. Now, he's reciting. He says, Moses. And that's true because the laws where the Gentiles did not have to be circumcised, etc., is in Moses. The first five books of the Bible, the Torah, and they did not have to. So, James, so it didn't just start with no, Jesus and not. Paul. They he, were if actually you look, quoting him. It actually now. says, from times of old, from the beginning, in every synagogue where Moses is read, they never had to do that. So he's not going to try to create a new rule. What he's saying, he's upholding ancient Jewish understanding and ancient Jewish law, not creating a new rule where it's saying, oh, you don't have to be circumcised no more. You never had to be circumcised. Now, it did not, you notice in that passage, he doesn't talk about the Jews. The Jews had to. And in this passage in Romans, it's exactly the same thing. Did the non-Jews who believed in the God of Abraham at this point, did they have to be circumcised and follow these kosher laws and stuff? The answer is no. Are they free to? Yes. But there is one principle that we have in common, and that is that we approach God and we come into the relationship with God we become reconciled to God through the medium of faith. And, and in that sense, Abraham has become the father of all of those who believe in, trust in God by faith, who approach the relationship with God by faith, not through trying to earn that salvation, earn that relationship with God by perhaps good works or keeping laws or so mm-hmm. on, but those of us who come into the relationship with God by faith, mm-hmm. uh, not by trying to earn our earn the right to to be made right with God. So in that sense, Abraham, it is said, is not only the father of the the Jewish nation, the Jewish people, uh, genetically, uh, biologically, but also he's the father of those who approach and come to God by faith in his redemptive plan. Well, he is the spiritual father. Spiritual father, He's not the biological father. Exactly. He is a spiritual father because anybody that accepts the God of Abraham, the God of the Bible, 
He is now part, as it says later in the book of Romans, the non-Jew becomes grafted in, and they become, by being grafted in, they are now part of Israel. And Israel is really... In the broadest sense of Israel, the people of God, yeah. Well, Israel means, uh, of course, the, and I know some people like the word spiritual Israel. That's okay. I'm comfortable with that. But it's actually, and you'll find a quote in Ephesians that says, the promises were not to you Gentiles. But now that you are in, the promises are also to you. So when the Gentiles accepted the idea and were no longer pagans of the God of Abraham, God of the Bible, they are fully part of Israel. And that's the idea. That's always been Jewish understanding. It's it's and what kinda of always shocks me is when I hear other folks, not Jews but others, maybe some Christians, they'll say, Oh, well we were free from all that and I think, how could you be free from something that was never even put upon you? Yeah, yeah. Well there's some confusion around it, but uh does it make sense to you, Kathy? I mean I'm guessing it's a good thing that you're as you exclaimed about it a while ago, I had not seen that maybe uh, as clearly, but it is a good thing. I think it it kind of helps explain the relationship between the pre messianic revelation as it moved into when Messiah had come. It wasn't a brand new thing that was started, but it was a continuation of the redemptive plan that had been put in kind of put in motion centuries before even, and uh, we are now becoming a part of the people of God. Through our faith, just as Abraham did, he was made right with God by faith, and uh, now we too come into that relationship with God. Uh, Sophie, I'm by really faith. curious as far as Kathy. Kathy, you still there? I am. I'm listening. Great, Kathy. I kind of have a question and a curiosity of you, if I may. Um, what I was just explaining to you is that a little different. Now, I'm doing it from the historic Jewish point of view. Is that a little different than what you've always been kind of led to believe? Oh, yes. I thought, I was always led to believe that this was something, the Gentiles being grafted in was something that came about uh, in the New Testament, not way back, way, way back. Oh, with interesting. Abraham. And you see, Sophie, yeah. what Kathy's sharing, the reason I asked her that, obviously had I had a reason for asking, because I have heard this from so many Christian believers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I realize that, well, I understand it's being said from a Christian point of view, but from a Jewish point of view, that's never been a Jewish understanding. In fact, even today, believe it or not, Jews do not believe that a Christian has to be a Jew to get to heaven. They can be a Christian. They of get, course, yeah. they, I know, but think about this. Not uh-huh. from a Christian point of view, from a Jewish point of view. The Jews think Christians go to heaven. They don't have that issue. And that always comes as a total shock to many Christians. <laughs> that reminds me of that famous uh, program with, uh, what was his name? The, the, the guy who was Bunker. What's his name? Bunker, who was asked to oh, speak yeah, at yeah. his... His friend uh, at work was a Jewish friend passed away, and he had Stretch to speak. Stretch Cunningham. At his yes, yeah. Uh, Stretch Cunningham. Yeah. Uh, that. Uh, yeah, he said that Stretch may not. I don't even know if Stretch believes in heaven. He might not even want to go to heaven with all those Christians up there. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's not very politically correct, exactly. But uh, yeah, I think I think Kathy, what I've come to understand, uh, looking at the scriptures, and of course Jacob has been a help in this too, is that. Even from the very beginning, when the people of Israel came out of Egypt, 
uh, a great number of the host of people who came out of Egypt were not even were not Jewish themselves. They came out from other nations, other people groups, even Egyptians who maybe came out with the people of Israel, those who identified with the, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and who were followers of the true and living God. They came out, and they all became Israel mm-hmm. at the foot of Mount Sinai uh, as they embraced the worship of the true and living God. Yeah, it is, it is a very interesting thing, and Paul and Jesus, like I say, speak to it. But even way back in the Old Testament, many of the believers that we celebrate in the Old Testament stories, I think of, uh, you think of Ruth. You think of Naaman, the captain of the host of the, of the Syrian army, who clearly made a, a conversion experience under the ministry of, I think it was Elijah, and who really embraced the God of the true and living God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. In fact, Sophie, and, uh, and you know, uh, Kathy, when we were talking in reference to Acts 15, you may recall, he says, I'm just telling them to stay away from blood, from you know, like adultery, and all that kind of stuff. You remember all that, Kathy? Mm-hmm. All right. That's also... From Genesis, the book of Genesis, Moses wrote, in the, it's the Torah, and that has always been Jewish law as a Jewish understanding for non-Jews. So what he's saying is he, and they actually have a name for this, these laws, and you're gonna find it fascinating. It's like Noah, who built the ark, Noah, they're called the Noahide laws. They actually have a name in Judaism. So, so the principle has been there from the beginning, and yet I, I think Jesus and then Paul, they, they do point it out specifically because this was the greatest explosion of Judaism. If, if we see, if we see Jesus the Messiah and, as a continuation of the, of the, and it is, it's a continuation of the, the revelation that had begun centuries before. If we see it as a smooth continuation, this, uh, this time of coming of Messiah, was the greatest time of explosion of the faith in the true and living God, a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was an explosion out, the biggest explosion out of the, out of the Jewish nation. It just, it exploded clearly out, out of the boundaries of the, of Judaism and of the Jewish people. And thousands and thousands, even millions of Gentiles were being brought into the kingdom of God, into the worship of the true and living God through the ministry and the work, the, the effect of Messiah. And, well, and actually, Sophie, you said, and correctly so, that when they came out of Egypt, a mixed multitude came with them. Mm-hmm. Now, there should be the knock in the head to anybody that says Jews never opened doors to other people. A, they were at Mount Sinai, and they were accepted as part of Israel. Now, and I'll point this out. When you leave Egypt, they're called the mixed multitude. By the time they go through the desert, by the time they get to Israel, they're no longer identified separately after Mount Sinai. That's all just referred to as Israel. People of Israel, yes. And, uh, and of course they had that mandate to take that message of the true and living God to other people groups. That was one of the reasons God called them as a, as a people and covenanted with them is they would live for Him and witness for Him, be a light to the other nations around them, uh, and God would bless them and prosper them and you, protect uh, them. So Kathy, you find that interesting? Oh, I find that very interesting. It's like I've read that passage, and it just never, ever dawned on me. And and, and really, that's what it says. Well, it does, and it's always been Jewish understanding. And if I was going to learn Korean or about a Korean religion, I would ask a Korean, (laughs) not an Australian. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that's why we pay you the big bucks here, Jacob. So that gives us, it helps us to uh, get into the scriptures. Of course, you're reading from Romans. It was written by a Hebrew leader, a Hebrew scholar, uh, and so on. It helps make sense of it for us as well, as was the Messiah himself, a Jewish <laughs> Messiah, right? So uh, it, it is a, to me, Kathy, it's always been, the more I've understood of of the redemptive plan of God and how he, there is one redemptive plan. There's only one Savior, one Redeemer. But the progressive revelation of that redemptive plan uh, is something that uh, it's just been astounding to see how the plan w- unfolded through history and, and people of different era and different times responded to their understanding at that moment and that God would give more light and more experience. And then, and of course, what the book of Hebrews says is then finally God has given his, the Messiah himself has come and we walk in the full blown eye scorching light of, of the Messiah himself. And it's just a, it's a beautiful picture of, of God's gracious and, and power and his goodness to, to, to reveal himself and to draw men and women from every people group, every nation, every tribe, every language around the, the earth. But it's a continu- it's one plan. It's, it's one continual flowing plan of redemption i i find it so beautiful to see it's one of the most impressive things to me about uh, about the gospel message is uh, it's just so beautiful the way it came up the way god rolled it out and the way it happened and uh and now we see it around the world today millions of people from tribes and nations and languages and embracing Jesus. I, I happened to go into mongolia uh some years ago when hardly anyone in mongolia had heard the message of the gospel for Decades because of the uh, the oppressive uh, uh, the oppression of the of uh, communist uh, uh, dictatorship over them, and got to see just put out the seed of the gospel and and one beautiful just now fifteen twenty years later, the gospel has exploded. There are thousands of believers and scores of churches in that tiny nation. It's just an amazing thing to see how people respond to the light of the gospel message, and yet again they are just. Part of the flowing of of, of God's goodness hey, and His message throughout is, the is, centuries. Uh, is John still out there? Yes, he is. Well, John, I want to tell you that I just got a, a some a notice that we're evidently not broadcasting on the internet, and so people who are trying to listen can't hear it at all. I don't know if John can do anything about that, but he can check it out. For well, us. that could be a, uh, one of the problems we're having. Okay. Listen, well, Kathy. Well, let me turn Kathy yeah. over to John. Yeah, yeah, Kathy, don't go away. Please stay with John. He's going to take your name and address and send you some nice gifts. Well, you know, I just had one other question, if I may. Sure. Um, I just heard this week, I uh, heard a, 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 a pastor talk about uh, Daniel 9.24, where it talks about uh, that this, this, the uh, 70 weeks of Daniel, uh-huh. and that uh, it talks about the until the, the transgressions come to an end and all of this stuff, you know, the uh, I don't have that, my, my Bible open to that right now, but it's, it talks about uh, till the the, the transgressions come to an end, and you know, uh, vision and prophecy is sealed. And I heard this pastor say that the transgression that is uh, it, it, the transgression is the Jews not accepting Jesus as the Messiah, yeah. 
And what came to my mind immediately when he said that was when Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So I cannot understand. And I'm just wondering, uh, uh, Jacob, what do Jews think is the, the end of transgression or the transgression that's going to bring about the end of the, the 70 weeks of Daniel? Well, first of all, I'm, I won't say his name. I know what pastor. I loosely refer to the word pastor. He, uh, that you're talking about, he knows very little about the Bible, and I've. Uh, but that's my personal opinion. I have had conversations. I know who you're talking about, uh, and I'm sad to say that. But I would not criticize other people that I don't understand. But I will tell you, first of all, yes, to answer your question, Daniel was written back way before the New Testament, way before Jesus. Transgression right. was very, very clearly understood, and still is understood. As uh, as the person as the violating the law. Come back to that question because we're coming to our topic. And and Harold, hang on, we'll get to you right after. We'll be right back with the answer to that question. All right, we are back. The Bible Live Quiz Show. Kathy has been on the line with us, and. I think Kathy is still with us. We looked at Daniel chapter 9 as it relates then to the flowing of the gospel, the coming of Messiah in the New Testament, and then the the uh, the the movement, the spiritual movement that was birthed out of the time of Messiah that, that swept across the Roman Empire, and we're reading about that in the book of Romans. And so I think, uh, Kathy, you were mentioning chapter 9 of, of Daniel. and uh, 24. Daniel 9... Uh, 24, yes. Talking about these period of 70, 70 sets of seven uh, in the 69 weeks and so on. Essentially what Daniel is doing here in that package, is, as I've understood it, is the focus is not on necessarily the cause or the, or the people of Israel causing this to happen, but God is giving here a timetable for the coming of Messiah. And some people have worked out mathematically from the... He himself, Daniel, gives... The time of the beginning of this, uh, it's the time when, um, uh, from the time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem. And we know when that command was given by Cyrus. We talked about that in the book of Ezra. And so from that time then, the, the period of 69 weeks of years, uh, it comes down to the time essentially when Jesus appeared on the earth. And uh, so it's kind of giving a timetable for the coming of Messiah, not so much... Uh, giving uh, or, or blaming anyone in particular for uh, that. I, I, I'm not quite sure I got that, but I think well, Jacob l- got a little bit of a this. handle Kathy, on that. Let me say this. are you there? I am. Okay, let me give you the definition. Uh, a lot of times people try to conflate and just use words interchangeably. But in Hebrew, in the Bible, the words sin iniquity and transgression like it says i guess in psalm 51 it says your sin uh your iniquity and your transgression is all before me he's not saying the same thing with three different words sin you'll actually find it defined in chapter 4 and chapter 7 of leviticus it's unintentional sin is unintentional 
This is why Jesus, when he's on the cross, he says, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. A lamb is used for unintentional. It cannot be used for intentional. Never could. So that's why he's a lamb. But anyway, sin, hear me, hear your definitions. Sin is unintentional. Iniquity is intentional against your fellow human being. Transgression is can be intentional or can be unintentional, but it's a violation of God's laws against God. So what they're referring to, whenever you see that, those are the real Hebraic definitions. Sin, iniquity, transgression. Sin is unintentional. Iniquity is intentional. Transgression is against God. So, you know, what I would think that that means, uh, finish the transgression Yes. Using your definition of transgression, because that would be what the Antichrist is going to do, because he is going to be intentional breaking the law by setting himself up in the temple or the wing of the temple. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that finish the transgression, that's maybe what that refers to. Um, you and know, I that's, don't... A, that's a very, Kathy, that's a very good point. Uh, I, I would... Initially, I would tend to think think that's insightful, what you're saying, and I would tend to maybe agree with you. But I'm wondering, what what is the Jewish thought on that? You know, there has to be some Jewish thought on it. Oh, Jews have uh, thoughts on everything. (laughs) (laughs) There does. About five or six, I would say. Yeah, you know, I always say on the show, you know, three Jews, six opinions, because sometimes Jews have more than one opinion. And in the Jewish world, it's okay to have differences and everything coexist by differences. Um, perhaps in other places it's not. There has to be a certain dog, uh, dogma, certain theology. But in Jewish, you can have uh, many different thoughts coexisting at the same time. Uh, you see, in Daniel, what you're referring to is, is Soapy Red Jerusalem. The, the, the command by Cyrus was for the temple, not Jerusalem. Therefore, there was a misunderstanding about the number of years. Now, I will tell you in Jewish explanations, commentaries, literature, it explains what really took place and when it took place. And indeed, it was prophecy. And indeed, the Jews do accept that certain things occurred on certain dates. But it really wasn't revealed until the other commandments were given. And that was regarding as Soapy Red Jerusalem. Cyrus's edict was about the temple. The rebuilding of the temple, that's true. Exactly right. So so this uh, says that, that the sixty the seven sets of seven plus sixty two sets of seven will pass from the time of the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem uh-huh. until a ruler and I, I it's been a while since I've mapped that out myself and seen those the particular years that those the, the decree of Xerxes, you read about it in chapter 11. Um, is, it's Xerxes, I think, that gives the decree to go back and rebuild uh-huh. Jerusalem. Yes. Uh-huh. So, so the, you'll so read that the, in chapter the time 11 of frame, Daniel. As the Jews understand it, is a little different, Kathy. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, perhaps uh, I know we're getting a little short time. We've got a couple of the callers on there, and I don't want to keep holding them up. But. Uh, Perhaps I would really invite you to call in again, and maybe we could spend a little extra time on that. Would you consider doing that? Oh, I'd love to. Uh, Anytime. We'd just, love to hear I from just, you. Yeah, I, I could not believe that that pastor actually used that as the Jews rejecting the Messiah. Well, because I, that... I'm, I'm not going to tell you everything I know, but 
uh, I would encourage everybody to listen to everything. And the people are generally pretty savvy. They're intelligent. And they can listen to uh, the purpose of education is to make us larger, not smaller. And you can listen to everything, and then you pick and choose what you think's right. And I encourage every education for everybody, yeah. including that particular pastor. Yeah, it's good. It, 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 but the, it's a rich passage. I, I think it's a beautiful passage there in Daniel. What uh, the prophecy he gives there, and the, uh, I've always found it incredibly impressive. Uh, but I've never seen it in any way uh, derogatory uh, about the Jews or Jewish people. I've always seen it as a very positive thing about giving a timetable and a timeline for us to see, you know, to recognize Messiah when he when he comes on the scene. Uh, anyway, let me ask you, if you don't mind, Kathy, have you already talked to John and given the information so we can send you a prime? A good deal. John, John told me yes through the other through the, my headphones. Okay. Thank you for calling yeah, in. Thank we're, you, Kathy. Please call again. We're going to rush over here and visit with uh, Harold, Harold real Harold, quick huh? if we can. Hello, Harold. He's been on 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 uh, hold for a while. Harold, thanks for being with us. Sure. Well, that gave me some time to look up some answers for you all. Uh, you know, Good. sitting. Sitting from where I'm at, I, I tell you, it's going to be a challenge to follow up behind that that lady, Kathy. I mean, it's not going to be easy. I'm sitting here hang up for a minute, you know. It's a beautiful and complicated in a way, but a very beautiful passage there. Well, in I thought she did very well. That, yeah. That, that's what I'm fascinated about, and I don't think I can say anything after that. But um, my, my first uh, thought was my question that Jacob made a comment about, circumcision and you were intrigued and uh surprised about it in um early on in the show and i had a few minutes to look up a passage and i'll read it real quick oh good let me just say for those who may not have heard it i had thought that circumcision began with uh was uh, as a practice with god talking to abraham and and uh jacob had informed me that no actually there were other maybe other people groups or there other Experiences yes. of circumcision. In, in fact, in, in the Middle East today, of course, we all know Jews are circumcised on the eighth day. Wow. However, the Muslims even today are circumcised on the thirteenth year. I'm trying to get circumcised. No, I'm. <laughs> well, I'm trying to tell y'all something. That's what I'm trying to say. Go ahead, tell us something. <laughs> no, okay, sorry about that. No, but I looked up Genesis uh, chapter two, verse fifteen. It says, "The Lord." God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. And I think they, the uh, other thing that Sophie was recording to, where it says, uh, verse 16 says, but, but, but the Lord said, what would be the importance for us to know is that Adam was born circumcised. Well, I actually made that up. So y- yes, uh, that Jacob, is when Jacob that... said that a while ago, or, or was it before the show we were talking about? No, I was, I was on the before air. the show. But yeah. why would that be important for us to know that Adam was circumcised, and how could that be? Uh huh. That's not no, a question for me. Do I get more frustrated me. as I get <laughs> well, older? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you know anyway? <laughs> well, of course, uh, because actually they derive that from things uh, that the language would be. More helpful to understand from the old Hebrew, but the that uh, yes, they understand that because the commandment secondly was not given to Adam to do the circumcision; it was first given uh, actually to um, to Abraham, and that's because Abraham had returned to God and he had been bringing God's laws 
back to the people of the world, the entire earth, not just the Jews, but all nations. And so, but for the Jews, the circumcision for his biological descendants, that was a covenant, uh, it's a condition. That became kind of the sign of the covenant, right? It Uh, would, uh, yes, it is a sign, it's a good way of putting it, it's a sign of the covenant, yes, Uh uh-huh. And, and you fact, do I'll, know that I want to apologize for that verse 16. I made that one up. Yes, well, we do Actually, know. I, I, uh, I found it right here in my Bible when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> and two days, Father's Day, you know, Sophie, so how was your Father's Day? Good? I had a really good one. I had a great time with a bunch of young men and women out at Lackland, and I got to be kind of the grandfatherly role to these basic trainees. And, and uh, oh, I just, I tell you, every Sunday is so exciting, Harold, because they're so spiritually hungry and open to the gospel, and we just have a wonderful time with a, with a, about 1,500 of them this morning. And then I went home, and our, our kids came over and had the grandbaby and just kind of got to be super dad all day, you know. Yeah, they all... I got about a three-minute story. Of course, I found out at the end of the story uh, about my father's day. Uh-huh. Um, I found out how it unfolded the uh, maybe on Monday, my boy's uh, debit card was cracked. He sent off for another one. It came in, and it didn't have its uh, code with it, so he couldn't use it. He went <laughs> to go buy me a set of uh, earphones at Best Buy, and they uh-huh. wouldn't accept his check until they called the bank. It took about 45 minutes. Oh my and goodness. so finally he came home, and he gave it to me early. He couldn't wait any longer. And that kind of taught me a, a story, just a little bit of a lesson that, don't give up, you know. Oh, that's right. Never, you know, never, it, never give up. Yeah. You know, for me not to give up. You know? Yeah, that's Once right. That's right. Never give up. Wasn't that Winston Churchill's, uh, he, he spoke to, I think, Harvard at some point during World War II. And I, and I think his, his entire message, his entire speech was never, 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 never. Never give up. And he sat down. <laughs> if y'all have Something another like caller, that. I'd be willing to hang up so you can grab it. No, Harold, listen, you waited for a few minutes. Let's, yeah, let's we got thoughts. time. I Do you have another off. thought on your mind or wanted to answer another of the questions or what? No, I kind of forgot. You know, I'm sorry. Well, you are, Harold, actually, if I might suggest, I think you were going to answer question uh, number three about what uh, has signed a witness has God given of himself to all human beings. Isn't that what you were going to ask? A sign that God gave for all human beings? What is the witness that God has given of himself, and he has given that witness to every human being around planet Earth, even today, June 21st, 2015, every human being around the planet Earth has that same witness that has been given to them? What is the answer is in Romans 1, 19 and 20. Oh, back to Romans. Well, yeah, well, that was actually the topic. But you know this without looking it up. Yes, it's do. also found in Psalm 8. It's also found in Psalm 19. Romans, what did you say? 1? One? 1, verses 19 oh. and 20. Oh, I've been 19 20. This is an open book quiz, folks. For yeah, your... <laughs> look, yeah. Mine is that large large print, so not extra large. But there you go. Keep flipping and flipping. 19 and 20, it would be forever. Well, I don't keep. The what does truth it say about God? Is he because he has made us obvious of, of them? What and is twenty the, is forever since the world was created. Oh, people have seen the earth and the sky. What does that mean? 
<laughs> well, now, there's only I'm, so much I'm we can tell up you tonight. I can't today. follow Kathy at all. Okay, listen to this. Okay, you just listen. I'll read the verse to it. I like Harold. And remember the question, what is the witness that God has given of himself to every human being? Now, it says, God. they know the truth about God because God has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky, and through everything God has made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. What is it that God has used to reveal himself to people all over the world? His eternal power. Yeah, but what did he or, use to show them that? Oh, the divine nature? No. I'm a, you know, Sophie, I got all S's in elementary. I know. All don't you worry about it. L- listen to what I say. Don't, don't listen, to, listen to the words. Okay. Ever since the world was created... People have seen the earth and the sky, and through everything that God created, they can see clearly his invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature. Uh, so what is, the, what is it that God used to show them his existence and his, his invisible qualities? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> he, we've got him. We've got him. Uh, kind oh of mixed up. Remember Psalm 8, when I consider the sun and the moon, the stars, oh, which the hours ordained? Huh? Was I supposed to go back to Psalms 8? Well, no, it's just another verse that says the same thing. Oh. It says, when I consider the sun and the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained, uh, uh, when I consider them, I wonder, what is man that thou, thou art mindful of him, the son of man that you, uh, that you are aware of him, and so on. In other words, uh, he learned about God by looking at what? Oh, the heavens. The heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars. Now I remember. Oh, creation. Lord, my God. That song. That yeah, song there you go. Creation is, is yes. the means. Uh, we all look at the same stars at night and the, the sun, the moon, and the trees, and the ocean, and the mountains, and the beauty of our world, and it causes us to admire and know something of the, the power song? and the goodness of the Psalm Creator. It's 101, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's it? Yeah, that is well, kind of I'm going to suggest. But you were flustered, you know. We, got, we gave you an excuse. I'm very flustered. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to suggest that was the non-Jews, we'll say the Gentiles or the nations, Mount Sinai experience. Because that day, not everybody could make Mount Sinai. And chapter and Exicums, what he's referring to, Paul's referring to something out of Deuteronomy chapter four. Yeah, even Paul in chapter in, in Romans chapter what it is, Romans chapter one here, when he's talking about this, he himself is relating back to Deuteronomy chapter four. Yeah, and he's telling the Jews, Look, you saw the flame, you saw this, you heard a voice, but you didn't see anything. And then he goes on to say and uh, he says uh, don't believe. Uh, let's see if I can just flip over there real quick, if I can find it. Are you going to Deuteronomy 4? I am indeed. And it said, and he say, he's telling the Jews, hey, you are at Mount Sinai. You didn't see anything but the fire and the flame and the voice. And then he goes on he says, so watch yourselves carefully. Because you did not see anything. And then he goes on to say, uh, don't believe in the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird, the likeness of anything that creeps. Uh, the, uh, the image of a man or a woman. And the sun, the says, moon, the stars, all sun, the forces the of moon, heaven. The stars. 
And then it says, Do not lift up your eyes to heaven and see the sun, the moon, and the stars, and all their hosts of heaven, and be drawn away and worship them and serve them. For those the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. Now, I know that's a passage that a lot of Christian preachers kind of stay away from because it sounds a little bit like God gave these idols, and it is exactly the opposite. Those are things that are made, and if they are made, that would clearly indicate to somebody there is a maker or a creator. A maker, yeah. And so that's why he starts off by saying, hey, you saw a flame and all that. That was made stuff. But you didn't see anything. And so I also gave a Mount Sinai experience, if I may use that term, to the rest of the world. They get to look up and they see the stars and the planets and everything. And that's made. And so they are seeing a physical thing, but that means that something made that, a creator, just like the things you saw. You didn't see the creator. You saw the things that he made happen on the mountain. So that's what Paul is referencing here in Romans chapter 1. Yes. And if you know that, and I love the way the old King James used to phrase it. They'd say the invisible is clearly seen. It was kind of a little play on words because obviously if it's invisible, it's clear. <laughs> the invisible is clearly seen through the things that were made. I can't believe how fascinating this show is. It really it never ceased to amaze me every every single week. There's well, like something new going on. and That's because this book reversed. is so fascinating, isn't it? I mean, Harold, it's just an astounding... It's to me. It's I'm impressed in the same way you are. The way it ties together, the way the message flows, and is a continual revelation that God has given of Himself, and it is so beautiful, even intellectually. But it's even more beautiful when we come to know God in that personal way and love Him and 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 worship Him. It's just a beautiful thing to behold. But I I, I discover new things constantly as well, and I think it's so helpful to have that. Jacob here helping us tie oh, definitely. the new, te- the new, even the writings of Paul here, this this uh, first century rabbi, back to the writings of of Moses back in the in his era and time, and of course still relevant to us and here in the 21st century. These beautiful, beautiful truths. Harold, thanks for calling. I always sure. love to hear from you. You know that, so call oh, yes, anytime. And uh, we love to have you, hear from you and Kathy both tonight. You really All helped right. us. I, I want to jump over to another topic. Don't go away. Though. I mean, just stay with us listening. Oh, I, I want will. You to, I want you to hear what we're going to share. We're going to talk a little bit about. You want me to hang up? Or? Yeah, go ahead and hang up. Okay, and I, then I'll listen to you online. Thanks a lot. And, and right, uh, thanks bye-bye. again for calling. Uh, I wanted to get a quick shot in on, you know, what we did talk about earlier exactly. in the program. Sure. Can Can any of the passages and the references here be applicable and help us understand Things that are happening in our time, and I, I was thinking of this, this fellow who shot and killed uh, nine uh, believers, people yes. who are trying to follow the Lord, trying to learn about God in the and Bible. Were they study, Christians? And he kills them. Well, uh, I, I, I can't speak to their yes. souls. I don't know. Well, let's let's uh, let's assume they were. They were. Yeah. And they you said people was it relevant? Wrong. I'm going to say yes. Did you know that their families have already the families have already come out? Saying, you know, we love, we, this is a terrible thing that happened, but we're, we're willing to forgive. And I just found that so astounding. Well, yes, and it's a very, we all know that they were black in a black church. <clears throat> and I'm willing to assume and believe they were Christians. Now, you say, is it relevant? I say yes. Would you like to know how? 
I, the nod of the head, I'll take as a yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I forgot. We're on radio. That's right. right? That's right. So, anyway, it's this. It says in the book of Romans, which you're reading, that you're grafted in. And naturally, if you're grafted in since you're part of Israel, the Jews have had some very rough times over the centuries. <laughs> so welcome to, to the club. Welcome to the party, And yes. so what's happening is, of course, you're going to have the same hurdles and the same tragedies and the same thing, because now you are part of Israel. You're experiencing what the Jews have had to experience. You know, I, I don't want people to misunderstand it or take that in any way shallow, but that's that's part of the reason God leaves us here on planet Earth. And he could just beam us up, you know. We we come to Christ, we come into the family of God, and God could just beam us up to glory and all. But he leaves us here, and we experience the same griefs, the same struggles, the same challenges uh, that, that people outside the faith do. And this is part of the reason we're here as the people of God, to bear that burden and to show that, our relationship with God gives us hope and gives us joy and gives us victory. That's right. And, and, and wow, that's and the Christians and the Jews have read the end of the book, so we know how it ends. Yeah. We don't have to wait for the movie, and we're going to add, we win in the end. Yes, yes. I was so I was so proud of the family members of these things. You know, we we've already come, we're we're willing to forget. I don't know what went into the. That decision to say we're we want to forgive we want to forgive this man and we feel pity for him and 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 forgiving spirit that somehow his they care still about him even though he did this horrendous thing I I think that's such a powerful witness and I I hope our nation is watching as the people of God respond as they ought in this situation um, I I guess in the general theme of racism there's another clear lesson from the book of Romans. And, and other books of the New Testament as well, and the, whole, the entire Bible for that matter, as we've already mentioned, that there is no place for racism. There's no place for for personal uh, bigotry and for a preference of people based on race or or riches or wealth or position or anything. That uh, that's part of that that question we asked earlier: uh, Who are we dis? When we belittle or disrespect a poor person or one different from us and, or less fortunate in any way, who are we also disrespecting? Proverbs 17.5 says it's God who created that poor person, that person different from us. Wonderful message tonight from the book of Romans. Join us this coming week. The book of Ezra, Nehemiah, and Bible Esther. Live God bless is you. dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.